0: Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just wanna make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we are headed as a church. Once again, Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. Amen, Hope Church, and go ahead and be seated. Wow. So all summer long, we have been studying one chapter of the Bible, Psalm chapter 145, and we have been our whole church has been memorizing this scripture right? For the last six weeks, somebody has stood on this stage, whether it be through worship or through the message, and from memory, out loud with the church, has recited that week's memory verse. And so, this week is my turn, and I've been praying all week that you will not leave me hanging up here all by myself. But this week, we memorized Psalm 145, verse 13. And so, on the count of three, if you know it, we're going to say it loud and proud, Psalm 145, verse 13. Here we go, One. Two, three. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. All right, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Now, we're going to put it on the screen, and we're all going to say it out loud together, loud and proud. Psalm 145, verse 13. Here's what it says. Read it with me. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations generations. If you haven't been following along with the memory uh, challenge, the Psalm 145 challenge, there's been cards in your seat for the last six weeks. We have a whole tool, a bunch of tools online. We would love for our church to hide God's word in our heart, the 21 verses of this chapter of the book of Psalms all summer long. So it's not too late to jump on the bandwagon and help and memorize this scripture with us. This week is verse 14, which is what we'll be preaching from Today. So we are continuing this deep dive into Psalm 145, and as we do today, it's important to remember where we've come from. Again, this is from the book of Psalms, which are really, uh, it's a book of songs or poems. This is, this is our artistic stuff. And so you don't just take one lyric of a song and it stands by itself. It all works as a part of the whole. And so it's important to remember as we look at one verse today where we've been and where we've come from. So it's important to remember all these incredible things. We have learned some incredible things about who our God is and how we should respond to him in the last six weeks. And so we're gonna take a trip down Sermon Memory Lane for just the beginning here, and we're gonna really look at a summary of everything we've learned about who God is just from the first 13 verses of this chapter of God's Word. So it's gonna be on the screen. Here's what we learned from Psalm 145 so far. God is God. It all begins with him, and it's all about him. He is creator and king of everything that exists. There is no one and no thing above or beyond him. Yet as God, he is knowable, desiring a personal relationship with each of us. God is great and active from generation to generation. His word and creation reveal that he is awesome, good, and righteous. God is eternal in his existence and unchanging in his nature. He is both gracious to give more than we deserve and merciful to withhold what we do deserve. Even when we are unfaithful, God remains slow to anger and great in loving kindness because God is in complete control. Every moment of every day, humanity enjoys the divine gift of God being good to all. This is our God. And last week... Pastor Travis really looked at how we should respond to that good and awesome God. And he said three things that we should really thank God, we should submit to God, and we should share about God. We've learned some amazing, amazing things about who God is from the first 13 verses of this chapter. But how I want to start today is by asking a question that maybe some of you are living with. It gets a little heavy, but maybe some of you have heard all that we've said about God, and maybe you're asking this question in your own life What happens? when I don't experience that God in my everyday life. We hear about it, man, that's good, I come to church, I got SOS radio on, I know all the things that you're telling me about God, but if I'm being honest, I'm not really experiencing that God in my everyday life today. Maybe that's where some of you are living. And I know that gets a little heavy, but if we're honest, maybe for some of us, if we are real today and we push past the, the forced smile some of us put on to come to church today we would reveal that we are really dealing with some serious struggles things aren't just all great and rosy behind the scenes it's it's tough out there if we were to push past maybe the god is good on our lips maybe some of us are asking the question where is god in our hearts if we were to push past the churchy, I have it all together facade that I know I put up sometimes and you put up sometimes, not only do we not have it all together, but some of us are going, man, I, I literally, everything's falling apart right now. So if you've ever had a, a, a season of doubt or a dark night of your faith or a season of struggle, I've been praying this week, our team's been praying, our whole church's been praying that today the word of God would be a warm blanket to your soul. That you would feel the warmth and encouragement of the word of God. Because David, who wrote this psalm, rightly begins, Psalm 145, by shouting from the rooftops, this is who God is. This is his kingdom. This is who we worship. But today he turns a page. He turns to a little darkness, a little struggle. He turns to when things aren't so great. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to read one verse today, Psalm chapter 145, verse 14. It'll be on the screen as well. Here's what Psalm 145, 14 says. The Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Pretty simple verse, 14 words, the Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Now, at first glance, maybe some of you are going, okay, nothing's really blowing my mind about those 14 words. Depending on how long you've been around church, that might not seem amazing to you in this moment. But here is what I've spent a bunch of time praying this week as I've spent a bunch of time with this verse. I know that we all come from varying degrees of experiences and varying degrees of struggle and and adversity and struggle, but I've been praying that God would use these 14 words, no matter where you are on the journey, to fuel your faith and to encourage you and to meet you right where you are. We've said it here at Hope that really you could put every single person in our church in one of three categories. The first category you could put us in is that you are currently in a storm, Right? Like right now, the darkness is all around. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Whether that's a diagnosis or financial issues or whatever might be going on, you would say, if we were to come up to you and ask you about your life, you would break down and say, I'm in the middle of it. The struggle is real right now in my life. And I am in a storm. That's category one. Second category would say, man... I'm looking back at last week or last month or last year, and I'm not currently in a storm, but I've just come out of the worst storm in my life. I've just come out of a storm. Again, whether that was a diagnosis or something going on, you're looking back in the past and and you're praising God that you're no longer there, but you are either in a storm or you are coming out of a storm. Last category that we fall into is the most mysterious because we don't know when, we don't know how, we don't know what it looks like, where, how it's going to affect us, but we don't know it right now. We're headed into a storm. We've said that I hope a lot. You are either in a storm, you are coming out of a storm, or you are headed into a storm. And so what I'd want us to do today is look at verse 14 of Psalm 145 and personalize and understand this is speaking to all of us no matter where we are on the journey. I want to unpack this verse by asking the two questions we've been asking all series long. What do these verses or what does this verse tell us about God? And second, how do we respond to that? What does this verse tell us about God? And two, how do we respond to who he is? So here's the first part of our message today. What does verse 14 tell us about God? It tells us two things. Here's the first one. God sustains Very simple, right there. First few words of the verse. The Lord sustains all who fall. God sustains. This word sustains is a word that literally means to prop or to supply with necessity. This is him supplying with sustenance, to keep, to hold on to. That's the root of this word. Well, who is he holding on to? Who is he keeping? The answer is all who fall. It's a word that can mean a variety of different forms of falling or being made low, to suffer defeat or failure. And again, we're not going to ask for a show of hands today, but I'd be willing to bet at some point in your journey as a believer in Jesus, you felt like a failure. You felt like you didn't measure up. You felt like you missed it. You felt like you weren't good enough. I want us to let this verse get in all of our personal space a little bit. Has there ever been a time where you felt like a failure as a Christian? Has there ever been a time where you felt defeated? Where you felt like you didn't quite measure up? I guess I want to say here, I don't want us to look at this verse only for the people that are in the deepest, darkest valleys that they'll ever walk through. That's not the only people that should benefit from this verse. This verse says, The Lord sustains all who fall. And in case you're not quite tracking with me, that is all of us at some point in our lives, at some moments, at some seasons, we all fall. We all have shortcomings and sin and struggle and hurt and things that we walk through. And we all have a flesh that we are raging against every single day as a Christian. And the word of God is coming in and throwing us a life raft today to say, hey, in case you forgot, the Lord sustains all who fall. No matter the level of pain or hurt or sickness or sadness or tragedy or trial or defeat or struggle or sin, the Lord sustains all who fall. I want us to think about that in your own life. Again, we're not going to go around the room and share. But where right now, if the Lord sustains all who fall, where right now would you say, man, if I had to write it down, here's where I need some sustaining. Here's where I need some help. Here's where I need, I feel like I am falling. I feel like I am failing. I am facing defeat in this area. Maybe for some of you, it's in your marriage Maybe you need some sustaining in your marriage. Maybe for you, it's as a parent. You need some sustaining. You feel like you are failing as a parent. Maybe you have some sin in your life right now that really has a hold of you. And man, you need some sustaining. You need some help. You need some some encouragement there as as you struggle with that sin. Maybe for you, it's other relationships in your life. This is a big one for some people that I know. Maybe you struggle to spend time with God. You see all your friends posting about their God time, and you see a bunch of people talking about how much they spend time with God, and if you're honest, it's a struggle for you to ever open a Bible and spend time with God, and so you feel like, I don't quite measure up as a Christian, because I can't do that. You would say, I need some sustaining. Maybe you are walking through a tragedy or a diagnosis or an illness. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe today you feel a million miles away from God, but you're still at church today trying to get close. We've all had these seasons of low, these moments of not measuring up. And maybe even right now you're walking through it and some of you guys hear that and I've heard stuff like that and I say, "Okay, that's great." The Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. But if you are being honest today, you might say something like this. That's great that you said that and it's true, but I don't feel like I'm being sustained. Again, maybe it's just me, I could be transparent today, but there's times where I hear the truth, and I hear somebody maybe over a cup of coffee look at me and encourage me, and I say, that's great that you are saying that to me, but I'm not feeling that right now. Amen. I don't feel that. You say God's all around me and God's presence, I'm, I'm just telling you, I don't feel God's presence in my life. I don't feel like what you're saying right now is true. To that, I would encourage you with something I was encouraged with a long time ago in my first few years as following uh, following Jesus. It's something that has, it's a biblical principle that has radically changed the way I view these seasons and I view these trials and I view the things that come and befall my life. And here's the biblical principle. I must allow my walk with God to be based not on how I feel, but based on what is true. And those are not semantics. Those are completely different things. Because again, maybe I'm just the one up here with the microphone being really transparent, but like, I'm pretty dramatic, and I'd be willing to bet you might be too. Like, I'm I'm dramatic in the sense of my feelings are all over the place, right? You talk to Scott at 9 a.m., And uh, I'm going to be a different person than if something happens over those few hours and you talk to me after lunch. Why? Because I'm a roller coaster of emotions. And I'm going to try to figure that out before I get home to my wife and kids around 5 p.m. Because I don't want to dump all my emotions out on them. Right? I'm like this all day, every day. And maybe I'm the only one. But here's the deal. If I based my faith and my life as a Christian, if I based all that on how I feel, that would be a very slippery slope and a winding, terrible road as a Jesus follower. I cannot base it on how I feel because I feel all over the place. I must base it on what is true. And here's why I say that is because we have to understand that our hearts will lie to us. Here's what I love about Hope Church. We're not trying to give like fortune cookie sermons that make you feel good. You will, you will not find out in that lobby, in that bookstore, a, a coffee cup that says, follow your heart. We don't believe you should follow your heart at all. We think you're as a terrible advice to give somebody because here's what the Bible says about your heart. It says that it's deceitfully wicked above everything. Listen, I lie to myself and you lie to yourself more than anybody else in your life. My heart is constantly lying to me. My heart is constantly telling me things that are not true. My heart is constantly, it's called the flesh. It's called, it's the, it's the thing that separates me from God. It's the thing that is raging against me right now. And so I'm not following my heart. I'm understanding. I'm feeling a certain way, but I have to not base my faith and my life with Jesus on what I feel, but base it on what is true. And that. What, what, what Psalm 145 verse 14 is saying today is true is that God sustains throughout history, throughout your life. Our God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. He is forever faithful and he is sustaining you right now. And so I was studying this week. And I was like, man, I, I'd love to be able to give just a, a hard-hitting dose of truth for me and for our church. Like, here, here's just a, a, bunch of, a bunch of truth. As we navigate our feelings, we're not going to base it on that. We're going to base it on what is true. And so we're going to do something a little different here right now. I'm going to read for you ten promises that God has given you as a believer in Jesus in his word. Ten promises. Some of my favorite promises in God's word. And they're just going to be the references on the screen. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Take a picture, screenshot it, write these down, and maybe when you need it, maybe it's this week, maybe it's next month, maybe it's next year, as you're walking through that trial and you need some sustaining, these would be 10 ways that you could say, you know what, I'm not going to base it on how I feel, I'm going to base it on what's true, and here is 10 truths, 10 promises of God to me as a Christian, because this is our source of truth, God's word. So these come right out of God's word, hopefully speak and, and breathe life into you today. Here's what God says in his word to you and I. In Philippians 4, 19, he says, I will meet all your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My power will be made perfect in your weakness. Isaiah 41, 10 says, I will strengthen you and help you and hold you up with my righteous right hand. Hebrews 13:5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Philippians 1:6 says, The work I began in you I will finish. Job 42.2 says, I can do all things and no purpose of not mine will be thwarted. Romans 8.38 and 39, some of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Nothing, God says, neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate you from my love. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22 says, all my promises find their yes in Christ, and I will enable you, and I have given you my Holy Spirit as a guarantee of this. 1 Peter 1, 5 says, I am protecting you right now through my power, and I will bring about your final salvation when I return. Finally, Jude 1, says, I am keeping you from falling away. And I will bring you into my glorious presence one day completely blameless and without a single fault. Listen to what I want to say to you today. That's 10 verses. And God has given us 66 books of promises and reasons why he's faithful. And this is just 10 awesome. be it, They are awesome, but they are 10 verses and he has given us an entire Bible to read, and to meditate on so that we can combat our feelings with what is true. And here's what they say in totality. God is faithful, and he sustains all who fall. They say, God's got you. The Lord sustains all who fall. We must remind ourselves of that, not based on how we feel in the moment or in the the season, but based on what is true. Last week, I got back from leading the mission trip to Thailand Gone for the last eight years. I was able to bring my eight-year-old son Bryce with me this year, and um, it was a great trip. Twenty-two people, amazing, amazing trip. And uh, the last day, every year I've shared here before, but every year on the last day, we go into Bangkok and we basically just celebrate a great trip. We go to this huge seven-story mall, and it's where we basically eat and we buy souvenirs for family and friends before we hop on a plane to head back to the U.S. And this year, I was on a mission. My last year in Thailand, hopefully next year I'm going to jump on another GoTime team, but I knew it was my last year in Thailand. I'm on a mission, and I wanted to find me some Apple AirPods as a gift in Thailand. If you don't know what Apple AirPods are, um, they're Bluetooth headphones. You probably just thought people were weird walking around with little white things, hang, you know, hanging from their ears. They're Bluetooth headphones, and you can get them in Thailand. They cost $150 here. You can get them in Thailand for like 30 bucks, and they're not real, obviously, but they sound good. So I was on a mission. I was on a mission. My team knew it. Like, I want to go get some Apple AirPods. And so we walk up to this vendor, and there's just vendors all over the place. We walk up to this one vendor, and this guy is eager to sell me some Apple AirPods. I asked him, I said, do you have AirPods? He brings them out from the back, and he hands them to me. They look great. They look like Apple. They feel like Apple. I open them up. Everything looks, and it's all great. I'm looking at my team like, this is awesome. And I connect them to my phone because they're Bluetooth, and everything's working. I'm like, all right, great. And right before I go to put them in my ears, I notice there's some, like, lights flashing. Like, something wasn't quite clicking with the Apple AirPods. And so I'm kind of looking at the guy, and he's just kind of nodded at me. Like, they're good. And I look at my team, and I put them in, and all of a sudden I'm listening. It sounds pretty good. But then one of the earphones doesn't work. It just cuts out. So I'm kind of looking at this guy. And this guy's a great salesman, because he is selling these things to me, regardless of what's going on in reality. So I kind of took him out, and I said, I don't think these work. They were cutting out. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. I give you my word that they will work. He said, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of electronics happening around here. There's probably just some interference. I give you my word that if you buy these from me for $30, when you leave here, they will work. And I'm kind of looking at my team, and my team's kind of giving me the. And I was really hoping. Listen, it, I really wanted some Apple AirPods, and so I, we tried to connect them again, and listen, as I put them into my ears the second time, I was really hoping these were going to come through for me, because this guy gave me his word, but of course, I have my doubts. Why is that? Well, I think it's because this guy was a stranger, right? Like. I don't know this guy. There's a language barrier. This guy, our relationship is as transactional as it gets. I have $30. He has Apple AirPods. We're trying to make those switch places. End of relationship, right? Like that is my relationship with this man. And there's a language barrier and all that. And so I don't know this man. So when he gives me his word, that means nothing to me. Why? Because I don't know him. And there's no track record to show that what he is saying is true. Here's what I want us to see and understand today. That is not the case with our God. He is not a stranger. I have the word of my Father and the track record of my God that goes way further than my life, but generations and generations and thousands of years where all I see is God saying things and Him making them happen. He is a promise maker and a promise keeper, and He is forever faithful, and He's sustaining you today as a child of God. Listen. So here's what I'm not doing today, and you shouldn't do as a believer either. I'm not putting the earbuds of my faith in today, hoping that he comes through for me. I'm not putting my earbuds into my faith, hoping, I hope God says what He does what he says he's going to do. No, listen, I am placing my entire life, my family's life, my entire well-being in the capable hands of a loving, gracious, faithful, sustaining, gracious God. And he will do exactly what he said he will do. And here's what he said he'll do sustain all who fall. The Lord will sustain all who fall. That's the first thing we learn about God in these verses. Here's the second thing God raises up. God raises up. Second part of the verse simply says, He raises up all who are bowed down. This word raise is very simple, it just means to encourage or to help. Who is he helping? All who are bowed down. Again, it's a phrase that means people who are made low or oppressed. These are people who are in trouble. And the verse here is saying, God comes to them and he raises them up because they are made low. Here's the biblical principle I want to give us today as we finish up God is active in my adversity. I love this about our God. We serve an active God. If you hang out with me for any length of time, you're going to hear me say something like that because I love that our God is not just on the sidelines of our life telling him to go get him, tiger. I'm going to be over here sustaining you, Scott, but you do you, and I'm just going to be over here holding the ropes. That's not what our God does. Our God is active. Our God is constantly at work in our lives, conforming us into his image. We just sang it, and we sang it so well. By your spirit, I will rise. I will rise. From the ashes of defeat, the resurrecting king is resurrecting me. Listen, the resurrected king, just like Pastor Teddy said, he did resurrect me. When I was 17 years old in a summer camp, he saved me once and for all. But every single day, he is resurrecting me. And if you're a Christian, he's resurrecting you. Why? Because he raises up all who are bowed down. That's why. This is our God. And this week, as I thought of a story or something in God's word to really show him at work, in the midst of adversity, actively helping his people. I thought of one of my favorite stories. It's in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. It's about three Hebrew young men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Again, I'm going to share with you one story. We shared 10 verses. This is a small little slice of God's favor and faithfulness all over the world. This is one story of of God being active in adversity. But if you haven't read the story, I can't encourage you enough to get your Bible sometime this week and read this story. What an incredible story of God being active in these three young men's adversity. But if you haven't read, I'm going to catch you up. There are three young men who are Jewish believers in exile in the land of Babylon. In the land of Babylon, there's a real mean, nasty, egotistical king named Nebuchadnezzar. Now Nebuchadnezzar loves himself. In fact, he loves himself so much, he built a 90-foot golden statue of himself, and he puts it in the middle of the land. That's already egotistical enough, but not only that, but he says, hey, I got this band, and they're going to learn this song, and every time you hear this song played, no matter what you're doing in Babylon, whether you're, you know, feeding your kids, or you are at the playground, or you're working, or you're taking a nap, if you hear this song, stop what you're doing, face the statue, bow down, and worship. That's what happened to Babylon. So they got the band, they got everything set up, and the first time it happens, everybody bows except these three guys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, these three guys were worshipers of the one true God, and they knew that was not something we can be a part of if we worship our God. And so, of course, Nebuchadnezzar's guys are wanting to get in with their boss, and so they're like, hey, look at those three guys. And they go grab them, and they said, oh man, we can't wait to show Nebuchadnezzar these three guys. And they bring them to Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, hey, remember, king, you said something about a song, and when the song plays, bow to your statue. Well, these three guys didn't do it. And Nebuchadnezzar, again, he's feeling himself. He's, He's a big egotistical guy. He says, okay, I don't think you quite understood the rules, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm the king here, and all will worship me. When you hear that song, you must bow and worship my statue. Or... There's a fiery furnace over here that I will throw you in and burn you alive. So I'm going I'm to play the song again. I don't think you quite understood the rules. So I'm going to give you one more chance, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said, you know what, King, we appreciate that. There's no need to waste the band's time. If the band plays again, we'll let you know what's going to happen. We're not going to bow. Because we serve a God who, even if you throw us in that fiery furnace, He can save us. And even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to your statue because that is how faithful our God is. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar, right, this guy, he is beside himself. He immediately, he's so mad, he grabs the guys, they bound them, they throw all of them in the furnace. He heats it up seven times what it was he already heated up, and as they open the furnace to throw these three young men in, it burns the people who threw them in the furnace. This is all in the Bible. I know it sounds like a fairy tale. It's real. I promise. He throws them in the fire, and the people that were outside the furnace that threw them in got burned, bound hand and feet into this fire. Now, just imagine you're Nebuchadnezzar. You don't believe in God. You think it's all fairy tales and crazy. He washed his hands of this. I'm done. Those three guys, they're no longer a part of my life. They're no longer a part of my kingdom. They're now dead. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to enjoy a drink. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to do my king thing because those guys are finished. I love what the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3, verses 24 and 25. Just imagine Nebuchadnezzar is chilling. He is so checked out. He's not even thinking about those guys. And here's what it says. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, hey, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look at verse 25. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed and the fourth looks like a god. Listen, people. God showed up that day active in their adversity. It says that they're walking around. I like to think in the Scott version that they were dancing around. And maybe, Teddy, they were singing, I'm coming out of the grave, right? When he was singing that, when he was singing that, I was thinking, what if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are sitting there with their God being active in adversity and going, I know that I'm facing hell on earth right now, literally, and I have just been rescued by my God. Why? Because he is active and he raises up all who are bowed down. That happens. I love this. They come out of the grave. They come out of the furnace. The Bible says they didn't even smell like smoke. There was not one hair on their body singed. It's like they never even touched anything having to do with fire. And, of course, Nebuchadnezzar is tripping. This guy has no idea what to expect. And he says, listen, whatever those people worship, whatever God those people are a part of, that is the new God I want this whole land to worship. Because if that God can do that, look what it says in verse 29. There is no other God who can rescue you like this. Listen, man, I was so challenged by this this week. What if people saw me walking through my adversity? What if people saw you walking through your adversity, and honestly, at first, they think you're crazy. As my kids say, they think you're cuckoo bananas, because you're reading your Bible. You're going to church. You're trying to get through your adversity with spiritual things, and they think, are you crazy? There's so much other things you could be doing. Why are you doing this? But listen, maybe at the end of that storm, at the end of that furnace, you're going to walk out, and just like Nebuchadnezzar, the people in your life are going to say, whatever you're a part of, I want to be a part of that, because obviously, God did something in your life. This is our God. We disconnect stories like this sometimes from our lives. We hear that and we cheer and we get excited. God showed up in the, midst of Nebuchadnezzar, in the midst of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But then we go, okay, but not me. Listen, the same God that was in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as a believer in Jesus, I'm saying this by the truth of the word of God, that God lives inside of you. The same God that was leading Moses and his people through the desert, all those years, that same God who was leading them is the same God that's walking with you in whatever desert you're in right now. The same God that was in in the prison with Paul. That's Paul was in prison all the time for sharing the gospel. The same God who was in prison with Paul is with you in whatever prison you're in right now when you're bound by whatever it is you're bound with. This is my favorite. The same God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It says that power lives in you. That is the same God who is raising you right now. Why? Because the Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. That is our God. And so we have to cling to promises. Again, it's not based on how we feel. It's based on what is true. We cling to promises like Romans 8, 28 that says we know that God is Causes Again, that's our active God. He is causing all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God sustains. God raises up. That's what these verses say about God. Now, how should we respond to who he is? After everything we just heard from the word of God, how should we respond to who he is? It's very simple. It's two words. Super easy to hear, a lot harder to apply. Trust God. Again, I know that's a lot harder to apply than it is to hear. Trust God. Not not based on how you feel, but based on what you know is true. No matter what you're walking through, you can press in and you can trust that God that we just spent 30 minutes talking about. So if you're a believer today, I hope, I pray that you have been encouraged in your faith. No matter what season you may be in right now, I pray that you are encouraged Your faith has been fueled in whatever you're walking through or what you may be walking through very soon in the future. To trust God. Maybe you're here today and you would say, man, I'm I'm not a believer in Jesus. I'm not a Christian. I'm here because my buddy invited me or somebody just asked me to come to church or I just stumbled upon Hope Church today. The response that I would challenge you with is the same thing. Trust God. This God that we just spent 30 minutes talking about is trustworthy. We've showed you just a small glimpse of why you can trust him, but that Bible, the one we've been talking about all day today, the Bible would say that you and I were born separated from God because of our sin. Bible would even use some words pretty strong, like we were enemies of God and we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But again, God didn't leave us there. I love this. God, this is, this is our active God. God could have left us there and been holy and righteous and good in himself, but he actively pursued us. And this sovereign, sustaining, awesome God sent his son to die on the cross in your place for your sin, in my place for my sin. So if you don't know Jesus today, as we finish up and band's going to come, we're going to play, if you do not know Jesus today, I would... I would ask you, I would implore you to consider Christ. This God that we've been talking about, again, I think I mentioned it, but I I met him when I was 17 years old. I met him in a summer camp. I heard the gospel. I heard the truth of who I am apart from God, but who I can be in Christ, and I was saved. And I'm looking back at 15 years of God's faithfulness, and I'm praising God. It's the best decision I've ever made in my life to follow Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus today, your response is to trust God, you bring nothing to the table and there's nothing you can bring to the table. He's done it all. He's paid it all. Your response is yes. Right now you are running away from God and he is chasing you and all you have to do today is stop, turn around and say yes to the invitation already extended in Christ. So whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, today our response after hearing all that we did about God is to trust him, to trust him. Let's pray together this morning. God, you are good. We could talk for hours and hours and days and years and centuries about how good you are. But, Lord, I pray right now that you would, and we know you are, we believe you are, we trust you are. You are working right now in people's hearts. You are drawing people who do not know you. You are drawing them to yourself even right now. God, for those that are struggling in their faith as Christians, God, I pray you would encourage them right now by your word that you are sustaining, that you are raising up. No matter how it feels, we know what's true and that you sustain all who fall. You raise up all who are bowed down. So God, I pray you do a lot of work right now. Every, Every week during this time, Holy Spirit, we ask you to move and work and we ask no different today. Do what you want in this place. So as you sit there, We just want God to work. Whatever God may be putting on your heart, maybe right now you are in the middle of it. You are in the middle of the storm and it's dark. And everything we were just saying from God's word today was bouncing off you because you've heard it before and it's not just sinking in. My prayer for you would be, as soon as we stand to sing, you would come to one of us up front, some of your pastors. We would love to pray for you. Pray that God would... Continue to sustain you. Pray that he would show you that he is sustaining you. That he would encourage your faith no matter where you are on the journey. Maybe some things are going on in your family. All day today we pray with people with all different types of, of situations where they feel defeated. And they feel like a failure. Or they feel like things aren't going the way that they should. We've got to pray with people all day. Maybe you need that today. Maybe you just want to come up here to the altar as we're singing. Just cry out to your God. You don't need a pastor to talk to your God. By the blood of Jesus, you have full access today to Jesus, to, to, to the God of heaven. You have full access because of Christ. But maybe you do want us to pray for you in your season. We would love to do that. If you're not a Christian today and you're saying, I want to know more about that God, we encourage you. Come talk to us. We would love to connect you with somebody who can answer your questions. Maybe God saved you right now in your seat. You know you said yes to him. When I said stop running and turn around and say yes, some of you may have done that in your hearts right now. You are a Christian right now, but come talk to us because we would love to connect you with some other Christians. We would love to walk with you as you take those first steps as a Jesus follower. So God, you only know what you're doing right now. You know where you're at work. So God, we just pray that we would give you the freedom that we would not get in the way. We would give you the freedom to do whatever it is you want to do in this place as we respond. We love you, Lord. We trust you. We thank you for who you are today. Pray you'd move now as we respond in Jesus' name.